Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens Postgame Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan. And I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan, also the station's Ravens beat reporter. So Cordell was right. Rita was wrong. (laughs) Um, Ravens lose... 23-20 to the Buffalo Bills. Although for, for a minute there, it looked like I might have been on to something. But ultimately, uh, almost doesn't count is what they say. So um, let's talk. There's a lot of things we need to go over, Cordell. Let's start first with the offense. Um, the Ravens offense uh, was one of the higher scoring offenses in the National Football League. I believe they were the number one overall scoring offense coming into this game um leave the game with 20 points all of those points by the way were scored in the first half ravens lead that game with zero points in the second half um we know that the bills defense is good i believe that they're either number one or number two overall in in total defense um and so they're they're fantastic um so you know listen 20 points may be uh, the ceiling for teams playing against the Bills, but it really felt like this team was a one-half team, that the first half that they were in sync, and then somehow in the second half when they came back out, somebody made an adjustment, but it wasn't the Baltimore Ravens. That That's how I viewed it. I don't know how you viewed it. Well, that's kind of been the case in each of the Ravens' losses so far this year is the difference has been how how the other team has adjusted in the second half and how the Ravens pretty much have it. Um, you know, they scored 20 points in the first half, and then they come out in the second half, and they're outscored. I mean, they, they end up giving up 20 unanswered points uh, against this Bills team, and that simply can't happen. You can't understand how good the Bills are but there's no team in the NFL that you're going to be able to allow to score 20 unanswered and you end up winning that game. Right. Um, I thought that the Ravens, let's start with the positive. Uh, if again, because there's not many. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and get it out the way. Yeah. Let's, let, let's get the positives out the way. I thought JK Dobbins looked really good yeah. uh, in this game. Uh, he may not have had the explosive runs or anything like that, but I just, just watching him right now, it's all about the eye test with J.K. Dobbins. It's not about the stat sheet. Um, 13 carries, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Also had the touchdown catch off the uh, off the shovel pass. He had four he had four catches in total for 22 yards. Um, I was really impressed with J.K. Dobbins out there. He looked like a guy that is starting to get his legs under him more. He's starting to get that burst. Um, I want to see him go more north and south. 
necessarily than the East and West. I saw him dancing a little bit in the open field at times. I don't think he's to the point yet to where he's making people miss. Um, I don't I don't think he has that in him just yet. But the way he's running the ball, he's you know he's running it aggressively. He's going forward. I, I was really impressed with what I saw from J.K. Dobbins. Um, Justice Hill, man. That, Justice that, Hill, you know, eight carries, 45 yards again, almost six yards a pop. Yep. Uh, Got to see what's going on with him. He ended up leaving the game due to a hamstring issue. And watching the replay, it looked like he got hurt before he even got touched Yeah. Um, as he was going to the sideline. So that's, that's definitely something to watch out for. It's never good when you have those type of non-contact injuries. And yep. hamstrings are something that just don't go away. Yeah, they, they are one of those nagging injuries that you hate to have um, because you're never really over it. Um, so this could be something that flashes up later on in the season. Definitely something to keep our eye on. And now this is yet another running back that the Ravens are down. Um, we'll see what decisions they make. Uh, going into next Sunday night's game against the Bengals. But other than that, I mean, I thought that – look, Daniel Falele, I thought, did a pretty good job today. I tried to pay attention to him as much as I could, and I'm not saying he had a clean sheet at all, but he was far from the biggest issue, I thought, on that offensive line. Yeah, because the, the center is the one who had the bigger issue today. You well, know, He what, and what, Powers. He yeah. and Powers. Yeah, three uh, – Linderbaum had three yep, the, the, uh, penalties. penalties. Yeah, I mean, Lele did what he could yeah. um, and, and the best of his ability. And, you know, listen, he 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 didn't do as bad – he didn't do too bad for his first real start at left tackle, basically. <laughs> I, I didn't think he – I didn't think he did. I mean, I saw Morgan Moses get beat quite a bit. I mean, everybody had their moments to where it wasn't – you know, it wasn't their brightest spots. Um, but I, I just thought all things considered, they didn't give him as much help as they gave him last week in that Patriots game, uh, and which was kind of surprising to me because I was thinking that it would be even more possibly this week considering the defensive uh, unit that they were going against this week. But they didn't. Um, I'm kind of taking the way Lele played as a as a win, you know, uh, in the grand scheme of things. I know everybody was kind of expecting Ronnie Stanley to make his debut uh, in this game, not a shocker to me that he didn't. Uh, next week will be a shocker. If Ronnie Stanley isn't on the field against the Bengals, we're going to have some big-time questions uh, to ask because at that point, what what are we doing uh, here? But besides that, I think that's, those are all the positives I got. You know, yeah. I, I can't really – I mean, I thought Lamar had definitely had some Lamar-esque moments sure. in this game. Um but the second half, I, I don't know what happened. Lamar included. Yes. Everybody. Everybody. Uh, people are upset about that fourth and goal situation. Look, the people got to understand, the Ravens are, are an aggressive team. They're going to go for it. And when you're playing a team like Buffalo, field goals, not uh, in hindsight, sure, a field goal looks good now. But that's, that's in hindsight. When you're going yeah. up against a team like that, especially in the second half, when you're not able to really stop these guys, you you have to score touchdowns. You have to score touchdowns. And you're inside the five. The Ravens have been a, an aggressive offense historically since Lamar has been back there for sure. I mean, they, their, their percentage of going for it on fourth downs has drastically increased with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback than what it was in, with Flacco. Yeah. That's it. 
they usually get them. And Lamar has that element that uh, gives you that confidence as a coach to where you can go for these fourth downs and feel like you can get it. I have no issue at all. What I do have an issue with, I, I don't love the play call, right? I don't, I don't love it. I, I'm, I know it's kind of Monday morning quarterbacking, but I wouldn't have hated a draw call. I wouldn't have hated a quarterback draw. The, you, the Bills literally use that call as like a staple of their offense with Josh Allen, and it works. They called it multiple times in this game. I would love to have seen the Ravens do it right there. You had already spread them out. It's I, I don't think that it's, it's not it's not on film that when the Ravens go five wide that they call quarterback design runs. It's right. not it's not a regular for them. So when you're in that type of mode when at that time of the game as a play caller, you've got to do something that teams can't scout you for. You have to throw a wrench in their plans. You've got to throw them for a loop. And I thought that was Greg Roman's chance to possibly do that. And he didn't, you know, I thought Mike Davis popped open right away on that play. Lamar didn't look at him. I don't blame him. It's Mike Davis, but Devin Duvernay does pop open. I have an issue with Duvernay standing in the back corner of the end zone, right. waving his hands. You can't do that. Like your, you quarterback, that. Yeah. your quarterback is dropped, is backing up all the way to Lamar didn't throw the ball until he was at about the 18, 19 yard line. Right. And it was off his back foot. He's got defenders in his face. You got to help your quarterback out. And I think Lamar was pissed off at himself after that interception because it was a horrendous decision. If anything, throw the ball out the back of the end zone. The reason you go for it there is because even if you don't, the Bills have to drive the length of the field. But when you throw a pick in the end zone, okay, that just changes everything. Absolutely. So Lamar, Lamar cannot make that decision. It was a horrid decision. But I think his receiver has to also come. You have to come back to the ball. You have to help your quarterback out when you see that he's got pressure in his face. The yeah. second half was abysmal, abysmal on both sides of the ball. Um, and offensively, they they've got to find something. Uh, they they I think Greg Roman and I've given him plenty of credit so far this year on his play calling. But one thing he has to improve at is adjusting to the, as the game goes on. Just because you were doing something that worked in the first half, don't mean it's going to work in the second half. You got to get in these other coaches' minds and realize, okay, they're going to try to stop what was just working for us. What's our counter? You got to be two moves ahead. And I feel like sometimes Greg Roman is just stuck in place. I agree. Um, you know, a couple of things, right? Like I, I agree that the Ravens have a real problem with making adjustments because they're up. That's one, that's one thing. I think that they think that, that they're on some, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing. Mm -hmm. And when you do that um, and put the other coaches adjust, Hey, um, that's not going to work. So you come out of the second half, you get cute and you want to pass the ball three times. You go three and out. Don't understand because you're running the ball pretty well at this point. You're getting, you know, positive yardage and running the ball. Um, and then you come out and try to get cute. That that bothered me. In, in terms of the fourth down situation, my problem literally is that entire first and goal, second and goal, third and goal, fourth and goal. I didn't like not one call made. And I'm with you, Cordell. Like, I've given Greg Roman a lot of credit, which I do think that in lots of cases he deserves. But the one thing that I'm starting to notice is that um, in situational circumstances, like when you need a, a critical fourth and one, you know, a critical fourth and goal, he is not great 
and calling up a really good play. I still don't understand the point of having a guy like Pat Ricard on this roster. If you're not, if you don't think that he could potentially just get one yard, one, you started first and goal at the one yard line, and then you ended up for fourth and goal at the three, and then you know what happens, he throws a pick. So I have I don't understand why you need one yard and you have a fullback that previously in this game got you a yard, a three, I think, that he got you uh, to, to, to move the chains. You don't have a place for him. We don't know if Pat Ricard could literally be the next Mike Allstott. We have no idea. You want to know why? Because they don't want to show they don't want to use them in those types of situations at all. And I don't understand the point of having this dude, the point of paying this dude all of this money to only just have him out there blocking and then sometimes converting first downs when he when his success rate on converting first downs is pretty damn good. That's the problem that I have with what Greg Roman does and in and critical situational circumstances. He cannot call a good play call to save his life he does very well overall but when it when it's when it you know comes down when to you it, need it when you he, need it he just doesn't do well that's mm-hmm. a problem to me i don't understand what they're doing it really is frustrating and obviously you know it, it changed the trajectory of the game lamar also changes the trajectory of the great of the game because instead of making them start at the three yard line if they don't convert the uh, the fourth down to a touchdown, then they now start at the twenty five yard line. And this is the pro- this is what I say when people say, you know, um, oh, kick a field goal there because I don't have a problem with that, right? I don't have a problem with you saying kick the field goal there. Well, the Bills was gonna start at the twenty five yard line because mm-hmm. they were gonna kick it off once they got the field goal. You know, they they're they're at the same exact starting point, and the way that they moved the field, they needed to score seven points to put that game away or at the very least force the bills to tie them with seven points the offense didn't do that or they didn't do anything in the second half by the way so um that that's the disappointing thing is that you continue to have these short fall situations when you're up big on offense they did it in the dolphins game they weren't that they weren't that great last week against New England, and then here we go again, dry the entire second half, just dry. Well, I think a part of it is one thing, because I, I know how people like to nitpick everything. The Ravens definitely were at the one. They 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 got to the one-yard line on second down. The first and goal was a nine-yard pass to Duvernay that got them to the Thank you. You're down. right. So the first, but yeah. I totally agree with you in giving the ball to Patrick Ricard at least once because they ended up going for it on fourth down anyway. So I agree with giving the ball to him at least once out of those next three downs. Definitely inexcusable. Makes no he sense. He's already gotten you a first down earlier in the game when they gave it to him on a uh, short yardage situation and he got two yards and all they needed was a couple of inches. So definitely in agreement with you right there. Um, I think a big reason also why this Ravens team has struggles with protecting a lead. They can't run the ball still. Mm -hmm. They cannot run the ball the way that they, that's what they would like. Ball. Yeah. You, to, to, to be able to really sustain a drive, they can't depend on the run game. And look, even despite that, I want to say, like, these receivers, they need receivers bad. 
they need receivers bad. This this notion that the Ravens can continue to go out here and scrape the bottom of the barrel to get receivers, it's is nonsense. And the Hollywood Brown trade is starting to look a little worse and worse to me now because while I'm not sitting here acting like I I'm crazy about Marquise Brown, I never thought Marquise Brown was a bad player. Did I right. think that he didn't live up to his first round pick? Yes, I still stand yeah. by that. But I would have liked to have Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay as opposed to Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay, and whoever Demarcus, else is still out there. Marcus Robinson, Robinson James Poche yeah. was able to get out there today in the second half because it looked like Rashad Bateman kind of got nicked up in the game and we didn't see much of him in the second half in general. Correct. Um, but I, Rashad Bateman was just kind of given the keys to the number one receiver spot. And I like Bateman. Don't get me wrong. I like Bateman. I do. I think he's a really good receiver. And I think he has certain certain qualities about him that I have said that are better than Hollywood Brown. I still stand by that. I think he's a better yacht guy than uh than Mark, I mean than, than Marquise Brown. Um I I don't know if he has better, I don't know. I want to say he has better hands, but sometimes I can't. I don't know. It's just when you watch that slant pass that that Rashad Bateman dropped in this game that goes off his fingertips, albeit it wasn't a gr the greatest pass, but it's a pass that your number one receiver makes at a key moment in the game because at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson is making every play on the offensive side of the ball. Somebody's got to make a play and step That's up and help this guy. And what did the girl say? Stand up! Stand right, up! Right. <laughs> stand up. Rashad Bateman, stand up. Like, you know, it, it I get it. It wasn't an easy ball, it's raining, but that's the that's what separates your number one wide receiver from everybody else. And then on that drive, Rashad Bateman drops the slant on third down. They are off the field. Yep. Here come the Bills, the very next drive. And Stephon Diggs makes a similar type of catch where he has to catch it with his fingertips and he bails his quarterback out in a Thank pivotal you. moment of the Thank game. You, you Thank have you. to, that's the difference. The Ravens don't have, you look back to the Dolphins game, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, making spectacular plays in crucial moments of the game. The Ravens don't have that. They Mark sure Andrews, don't. Two catches today, 15 yards. I'm not putting it on Andrew. And then I think what, he had three catches last week or something like yep. that. I mean, it's I mean, been his, dismal the last two his weeks. Stuff is, his numbers are going down. The book is out. The book is out. If the Ravens are throwing the ball, they're looking for 89. And everybody that I have talked to has made it seem like that's not a big deal. Well, if Mark Andrews is open, keep throwing him the ball. Well, so what do you think? You think at no point you're going to have to re you're not going to have to rely on some of your other receivers. Yep. At some point, it, Mark Andrews can't be the only guy in this offense catching passes. And right now, he's not even getting the ball like that because again, defenses are taking him away, and the rest of these guys are not winning in one on one opportunities. Yep. Isaiah Likely, where are you? And yep. I, he's a fourth round pick. We shouldn't even be depending on him as much as we are right now, but the way that this offense is set up, they need them. They need them. And none of these other guys are stepping up. And I think you're starting to see how the, how different the, the lack of talent is between the Ravens offense and some of these other 
uh, elite offenses around the NFL. They have playmakers and the Ravens don't, plain and simple. That's the bottom line, honestly. And, and, and I have, I can't even say it any better than you have. And, and, and that's we're, we'll leave it there. And we'll talk about that more this week um, on the next podcast because it, it is some things that we need to address in terms of we have to start being real about, you know, what they have and what we expect um, from these guys. So we'll, we'll talk about that sometime this week. If you are listening to us now, the Winning Drive podcast, make sure that you have subscribed to the podcast so that every time you have a new episode come up, you'll be the first one to know. All right. So we we really went on a tangent about that offense, (laughs) but that's what's going to happen when you score zero points in the second half. So we gave it to the defense when, you know, when they blew it, blew the loss to the Dolphins, you know, the offense gets it just the same. Absolutely. And, And so, Listen, I understand that what they scored, um, uh, they, they had they, they had a, a nice number of unanswered points. Um, 20 unanswered. 20 unanswered points. I, I was going to say 23, and I was like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. 20, um, 20 unanswered points. Um, and, and, and so I understand the argument that the defense let this team down, but I'm going to be honest with you, Cordell. I really did. I really do not put this loss on the defense as much as everyone else does. I think the reason why people are doing that is simply because that's the last drive that we saw. Right. right? right. Um, and so we saw how, you know, methodically the bills were moving down the field in that regard um, during that last sequence. But the bills average 30 points a game. which is second, I believe, in the NFL in points behind the – well, was behind the Ravens. They held the Bills to 23 points, and the first and only time that the Bills were up against the Ravens was when the clock said 0-0-0 and the game ended. So while I understand people's um, frustration with this defense because they're still a work in progress, I feel like they did – look, they did their part. They did it in terms of, look, they're already not that good from a pass rush perspective, even though I thought that they were more aggressive up front today. Um, You know, and from a defensive, from the back end perspective, um, obviously, once again, Patrick Queen misses another uh, interception, which leads to points. But overall, I think that when you have a team that's high power as the Bills and you hold them to 23 points, you have to find a way to score more points than the Bills because – that's you're doing yourself a service in that regard. If you can hold the bills to 23 points when they average 30 points. So you basically cut off a whole touchdown from them in terms of what you gave up. I could be wrong here because everybody wants Mike McDonald fired. I actually thought that the coverages that he used was accurate. I personally think that this is more so of a personnel issue. They just don't have guys. Mm -hmm. Guys are inconsistent. Guys can't get a a, a consistent pass rush. That, to me, is the bigger problem more so than the scheme. I totally agree. Uh, I thought that on the back end. Look, I've been saying I don't think that this defense is as bad as the stats show. I don't believe that the Ravens have the worst defense in the league. I honestly don't believe that. And watching them in this Bills game, I I feel even more uh, in that regard. Look, when you're playing against great teams in the NFL, the numbers go out the window, right? You know, it's, it's about doing as much as you possibly, whatever it takes to get the win is usually not going to be pretty when you're going up against a great offense like the Bills have. 
your news is it's not going to be pretty. Even still, the Ravens force two turnovers. They get the interception uh, early in the game, and they really could have had two. I mean, the two different opportunities uh, to get a pick on that first drive. You had Peters, who almost picked it off uh, to start the game, and then Marlon Humphrey ends up getting the pick later on that drive. You had the uh, the strip. Uh, the strip by Adafi Owe that's recovered by Brandon Stevens. Adafi Owe gets his first sack of the season, yep. gets a couple of quarterback hits. Today was a great day for Adafi Owe, no yeah. doubt about it. Um, you think, he, thought, you I, think he heard everybody talking about him? Oh, he had. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and honestly, talking to him, I think he holds himself to a high standard. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 hasn't been shy about saying that he hasn't played up to you know the standard that he himself has set. Um, and he, he met it head on. That's one thing I can say about Adafi is like, he hasn't been running away from it. We go to talk to him in the locker rooms during the week. He's right there. You know, he, he could have easily just ran to the back or hid in the shower or something. He's usually right there ready to talk. So he, he understands. And, uh, I, I definitely appreciate that about him. And I thought he had a hell of a game. Uh, in this one and he needed to they needed him because literally nobody else got any type of pass rush I, um, I thought Justin Matabike did had his moments in the run game he looked pretty good but JPP for his first for his first uh game out there I saw a lot of him hand fighting with the tackle in one-on-one situations I saw him getting stonewalled I didn't see much JPP around uh John uh against around Josh Allen yeah. um in this game on the back end, I didn't mind the coverages. I thought the coverages were actually pretty good. They Stephon were. Diggs, four catches, 62 yards, didn't even get in the end zone. You know, that's all you can pretty much ask for for a Thank guy you. like that Thank that you. eats every defense alive. I thought the yep. Ravens did a great job against Stephon Diggs. Um, they gave up that one touchdown to Isaiah McKenzie. They'll, those things will happen. They possibly could have given up another touchdown. I can't remember if they ended up scoring on that drive anyway because Kyle Hamilton blew a coverage in the middle of the field in the red zone, and thankfully for the for them, uh, the Bills receiver ended up just dropping the ball that hit him square in the chest. But right after yeah. that play, every DB on the field had something to say to Kyle Hamilton. He has got to get in. I don't know if it's him not paying attention in the film room or what it is, but this dude has got to get in the right place. And if you're going to be there, you got to look to make a play. He didn't even move his feet. That was my biggest issue with him on that play is I didn't even see him move from the one spot that he started in. And the receiver ends up getting wide open in his areas. Like, bro, are you playing or are you daydreaming? What's going on? Because we're out here and the game is slipping away. I, I just feel like this pass rush, we could keep begging for it. We could keep cr- crying for it. It ain't showing up. The yep. pass rush ain't showing up. Let's just let's just call it's, it what it is. It hey, ain't showing man, up. We might have to live with that for the whole year. Look, you hope yeah. that JPP gets into a rhythm and fun, but I don't expect consistency with that. I'd be more um I'd bet more on if Justin Houston can find a way back, you know, soon and, and, and be healthy, that he'll be the one that's going to do mm-hmm. it. He's or Tyus Bowser, even, if he makes a return soon. I, I mean, listen, the fast rush as of right now is just what it is, and that's not consistent. Yeah, Did they get pressure on Josh Allen? Yes, pretty regularly. The problem is that Josh Allen 
thinks sometimes that he's a running back. So then he just says, I'm going to escape the pocket, and I'm just going to run. And then nobody wants to tackle Josh Allen because this dude is huge, and everybody's just kind of getting away from him. So, you know, there's that part of it too, right? But ultimately, I agree with you. I thought that, listen, anytime that you don't have Stephon Diggs going off on you, that's a win period. Mm -hmm. And so everybody is sitting here saying, oh, well, they gave up 20 unanswered points. Yes, I understand. But really, we're talking about 20 unanswered points because the Ravens scored zero points on offense in the second half. Like none. Like not one, zero. You know, that's why we're talking about 20 unanswered points. You can't live like that. And so, again, if you can get the Buffalo Bills to score 23 points, you have to find a way to win that football game period. And the Ravens just weren't able to do that. And so while we can sit here and say, you know, yes, there are things on defense that 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 didn't really work. We still don't know, you know, and we'll talk about this on the next segment about, you know, did they say that it was supposed to be let them score, not score, you know, because somebody didn't get the memo clearly, but oh, ultimately, yeah. you know, like they the defense didn't play bad. They didn't. I, I I understand that you're frustrated because all you see is the oh well they gave up 20, 20 unanswered points. But when you start looking at how the sequences went, it it's glaring because your offense didn't do anything to help your defense out this week. Two weeks ago we had the same exact talk, but it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. Today it's not. And that's the part that I think. Look, Patrick Queen can't keep dropping passes. I, no. You know, so if we had a, a caller. Um, uh, call on the post game show today and said, "Look, he just need to get on the uh, the machine with, with a ball, the jug know? machine, jug, yeah. Please, just come on. Look, if I'm hardball, that's you got to do that at an hour every day at the practice, yeah. okay? Or, or you know, you fight, you you continue to put yourself in situations where you are able to make an impact in a game, and yet you find a way to drop it every single time. You can't it's be crazy. okay with that. You crazy. can't be okay with that. I mean, the the Bills." The, the one thing about the Bills is that these last couple of weeks, and we talked about it coming into this game, they have found ways to possess the ball and keep the opposing offenses off the field. Well, in this one, we can't even say that that's what they did because the Ravens almost doubled the Bills up in time of possession. Ravens had a little over 38 minutes of time of possession in this game with the Bills almost at 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, okay. We were getting them off the field. We were getting the offense off the field. We were, you know, keeping limiting the scoring for the most part. I mean, the Ravens didn't score a point in the second halves. The Bills only scored 13. You know, it's not like the defense was downright terrible in the second half. I, I, I feel like the defense played good enough to win that last drive. I think. I think you had a lot of people that on that defense that were kind of demoralized. You had some bad penalties in the course of this game too. That that hit on Josh Allen from Brandon Stevens. I, that was a bogus call. It was a yep. flat out bogus call. Yeah. I know we're talking about the defense right now, but the offensive pass interference on Mark on on uh, Mark Andrews. That was a bogus call. Yep. I, I I don't. I understand that the refs were horrendous in this game. That crew was terrible. That was, was. one of the worst refereeing games that I've seen in a while. And I'm not yep. trying to use that as an excuse. I'm just calling it like it is. The refs were atrocious in yeah. that game. But that's even more reason as to why you have to be on your P's and Q's because you can't 
put the game in the ref's hands. You can't make it to where whatever little impact they have on the game is enough to, to influence the outcome of the game. That still has to be left up to you. I thought this Ravens defense, you know, like I said, I, I was, for the most part, I was satisfied with their performance in this game. For the most part, um, I'm not ready to say that this is a defense. Look, this can this defense get better? Yes, I think. And, and I that think they that they've to. trended that way, though. No, I think that they I are. I think we have to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. I don't understand the whole Mike McDonald. Hey, I don't know what y'all saying. They've actually started playing better after the Dolphins game. And I think that they will get better once you start getting healthier guys. But until then, you know, it. you just got to take it for what it's worth. But today was not a bad day. I know y'all want to think that. It wasn't. wasn't a bad at day. the end of the day, I mean, I'm look, no, I'm not trying to make it seem like any loss is a good loss or anything like that, but you lose. I don't believe in that, friend. <laughs> no, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't believe in a good loss. Definitely, I'm not going to sit here and say that. But you, you lost to the Bills and you lost to the Dolphins. These are two teams that look like they're they're going to make some serious noise in the AFC. We already know that about the Bills. The Dolphins. We'll see uh, what happens. But it's not like they lost to the Patriots or they lost to the Jets. Now, what is concerning to me is like how much about how much stock should we put into the wins over the Jets and the Patriots. Like they haven't been able to really beat either of the teams that are worth a damn, but the, the two teams that aren't the best or anything close to that, um, they were able to pretty much take care of those two team, two teams. And I'm not going to say easily, but they, they did it. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't much drama in either of those games. That's, mm -hmm. you know, something's got to be said for that. We'll see what happens next week when the Bengals come to town. But I, I do agree with you that this be, that this defense is uh, kind of trending in the right direction. I completely agree. And so hopefully when they start getting guys back from injury, um, we can see some improvement in the areas that we, we believe are struggling the most. Okay, guys, uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast. We have three episodes a week. So every time we have a new one, if you are subscribed with us, you will be the first one to know. All right. <sighs> Cordell, Cordell. I keep seeing people wanting John Harbaugh fired. And listen, I understand. He has made some questionable decisions. It's almost like the definition of insanity. When you continue to do the same thing over and over again and you continue to get the same result, that's what insanity is. And it feels like John Harbaugh is insane when it comes to some of these decisions that he's making because he hasn't learned anything. A lot of the same things that rised up in the Dolphins game um, reared its ugly head in this game and he did not do anything, you know, really different. Right. Um, there are a lot of things that I just felt like were coaching breakdowns and John Harbaugh is the head coach. One of the things that, you know, it was discussed was apparently um, he told them to end uh, to let the bills score. Mm -hmm. So the could potentially try to get the ball back. And uh, which, listen, Sean McDermott knew was going to know that anyway, to be clear. OK, <laughs> like, if, do you think that Sean McDermott was going to say, hey, if, if there's a really big hole, make sure you go ahead and score. He's going to yeah. tell them to fall down at the first down marker or whatever. At, but whatever. That's not here nor there. Whatever. John Harbaugh told some guys, if let them score. 
And then apparently everybody didn't get the message away uh, and, and tried to make some things happen. And then we started to see some tension between Marcus Peters mm-hmm. um, and John Harbaugh. And Coach Harbaugh was asked about this, um, and this is what he had to say. We're on the same page. You know, he and I, we, we got a great relationship. We got an honest relationship. You know, I love him. I hope he still loves me. We'll see. You know, but uh, I'm a Marcus Peters guy. So he's trying to downplay it and saying that they're good. I mean, Mm -hmm. look, everybody knows that Marcus Peters is a firecracker. That's probably putting it lightly. Um, He's always been a fiery type of dude. It appears that he was frustrated. Cordell, you were there. Um, And so what did you see in terms of where this began? So two things. One, on the on Harbs saying that he told the guys to, to let them score. Um, the way it was expressed to me is the fact that defensive players are coached to, in that situation, if the coach says to let them score, okay, let them score. But if you believe that you have an opportunity to force a fumble of some sort or knock the ball out of their hands, then within discretion, do it. And yeah. I think that's what Adafe Way thought. The way he tackled him, he he kind of had a punch in there as he tackled him. So you could tell he's trying to knock the ball out. But honestly, I think if he doesn't try to tackle him, Devin, Devin Singletary scores that touchdown. It looks like he was literally trying to get into the end zone. Um, and I thought Adafe Way coming in and making that tackle was – was devastating at that time. Uh, but I, I, I'm based off what I've been told, he he included, did get the message, but he thought that that was a situation where he felt like he could punch the ball out. Um, to the Marcus Peters situation, that had kind of been brewing for a second. Let's go all the way back to the fourth and goal uh, where the Ravens went forward on that fourth and goal. I have a seat kind of on the, I said maybe on the 25-yard line going in the direction that the Bills were going in the fourth quarter. So I'm on the other end of the field. But I see, but Peters is on that end of the sideline. And that entire time as the Ravens are getting ready to line up, Peters is just yelling down the sideline. And I'm just looking like, who is Marcus Peters talking to? And then he goes from just yelling from that end of the sideline to kind of like sprinting down up the sideline towards where the offense is. Um, And Harbs is kind of up there because it's like he's in limbo on whether he wants to call timeout or whether he just wants to get up close and really see what's about to happen with his play. So Peters is running up there. And as he's getting close, I'm like, is he yelling at Harbs? And sure (laughs) enough, he goes up and he goes up to Harbs and, that conversation wasn't as testy as the one that happened late at the end of the game. Uh, but he had something to say to Harbs, and that was before the snap. So then the ball is snapped. The play ends up happening the way it happened. Lamar throws the pick. Defense goes back on the field. And I think at that time, you fast forward back to now, Peters is coming off the field, taking his helmet off, pissed off. I think at that point, reality starts to set in. We lost. Um, and we're about to lose by a field goal. And now I think Peters is coming back to, well, if we took the field goal up there, this wouldn't be, we would be potentially about to go to overtime. We wouldn't be just walking off the field in a loss. So I think that's when Peters kind of just got pissed off and he's walking past the sideline and he says something. 
to Harbs and Harbs turn turns around and he says something back and now Peters has got to be you know somebody's got to jump in front of him because he's ready to charge at his head coach at this point. Yeah. Um, and those are just two competitive guys. I think I don't you know people are going to blow it up and yep. make it into something that is not. But we just saw Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy getting into it last week. Yeah. We, you know, we we saw Quentin Williams getting into it with his D-line coach last week. This happens in the NFL. Coaches the time. getting into it happens. Um, I'm not taking this. In. I've heard and seen people say, oh, Peters is fed up. He's ready for Harbs to be gone. That doesn't come on and replace him with who? Yep. Like, I'm, I don't think that that's the, the angle we should take here. But I understand, hey, I'm a fan of a franchise that completely stinks. So I get it. You when you have heartbreaking losses the way that the Ravens did against the Bills, and it looks so similar to the loss against the Dolphins. You know, you you start coming back, and then some of these pivotal coaching decisions that happen in, throughout the course of the game don't pan out. You look at your head coach, and I yeah. think it's justifiable. I'm not trying to say Harbs doesn't deserve any blame or any criticism but because he definitely he does the head coach. But I'm not going to take it all the way to the point of saying that the guy should lose his job. Mm -hmm. um, I think it boils down to these coaches need to get better at adjusting throughout the course of the game. And they need to get better at just being finding different ways to get these guys in positions to make a play. They got to coach some of these guys up. I don't know what all they can do because at the end of the day, it's the NFL. They can only do but so much. These are the elite of the elite athletes. If they can't get it done, I don't know who can. Mm -hmm. um, but in this situation, you know, I understand people are calling for Harb's job. I, I don't agree with it, but I get it. People are upset. They yeah. have high expectations out here in Baltimore. Yep. And right now, this Ravens team, they're not meeting them. Yeah, and at the end of the day, Harbaugh's not getting fired in the middle of the season, particularly not going into week five. That's After not happening. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, like it, they're two and two, and that's not happening, okay? So even if that's the case, even if somehow it gets, you know, uh, worse from here or whatever, like you, let's just not do that, okay? It's not happening. So ultimately, you know, I just think that that I, I think that Harbaugh deserves a whole lot of uh, blame in this loss because he is the head coach and he should be making better sound decisions in that regard. But ultimately I, I think that it, it'll get better. He, it, here's the thing. He's never going to not be aggressive. Okay. Like you said, you mentioned this um, a couple segments ago. It, that's never going to be the case. He's always going to continue to be aggressive. The problem is, is that he has to find a way to be more um to execute, find find some better situations to put his team in, um, in order to do that, and 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 to tell Greg Roman, hey, I, I, let's not do that no more. I I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Whatever. And I agree with you. Like the Marcus Peters thing. Like, look, Marcus Peters is a, a very high strung dude, a very emotional dude, and that's just kind of how these things go. I just want people to be a little bit more realistic about. Um, what is happening now? Look, if the Ravens somehow in the season on some type of um six and 11 record, all right, you know, hey, we gotta have a conversation. Uh -huh. Um, and maybe it is time for Harbaugh to go somewhere else because maybe it's just not working anymore, right? But I don't think that he's lost this locker room. I, I think that um, a lot of this stuff is uh, things that could be fixed. And I, like I said, we talked about in the last segment with the defense, I think that there are some things that are trending upward. And I, I just don't think that you can just chuck it all up 
and have some interim dude come in. And honestly, have you looked around in the AFC North? Well, guess what? The Ravens are tied for first place. The whole damn division is mediocre, okay? The Steelers are one and three, and then everybody else is two and two. So you firing hardball today is going to do what? I, I just want to know. You know what I mean? Like, what it's exactly are you doing here? I, I, look, I, I like I said, I, I get people's frustration. And yeah. at the end of the day, you know, Harbs, Harbs has got to do a better job of getting his guys ready to play. Mm-hmm. He's got to do a better job of keeping guys locked in for 60 minutes because it's clear they're not. You know, they yep. give up on these teams and they have to understand when you, especially you want to beat teams like Buffalo, you want to beat teams like Miami, this year's Miami team. You have to play a full 60 minutes of football, and they're not doing that. And I'll tell you another thing. This Ravens team at times looks soft. Yep. I'm going to just say it. They look Whoa, soft. Buddy. They look soft. They look like a team that when everything's going great, when everything's going right, they're great. But as soon as the tide turns, they can't catch it. And I don't know why that's the case right now, but – they just don't look like a team that can deal with adversity where if it's not all going picture perfect for them, yep. they're in trouble. And I yep. got news for you. It's never going to go picture perfect, especially in the playoffs. Yep. If you plan to win in the playoffs, you have to be ready to have those those games where both sides are throwing punches and landing punches. You got to be able to take it and dish it back. And yep. right now in the two set in the in the second halves of both of their losses, all they did was take punches. They didn't they didn't throw anything back. And I, I think, like I said, it, it just gives me soft vibes at times uh, for a team that you could never say that about in the past. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and something has to change here. I don't know what it is, but somebody somebody needs to have a heart to heart talk. And that's just what it boils down to. Have a heart to heart talk, man. Like y'all got y'all got to toughen up. This is the NFL again. The AFC North ain't blowing nobody out the water. So it's still a very much division that you can win. And you have guys on the team, Lamar, that will always keep you in games. You just got to find a way to, to toughen that up, man, and f- follow through. Find ways to win these games that y'all are up on. Because because I just don't understand where where is the mental breakdowns happening? And ultimately, when that happens, you do have to say, well, what are the coaches doing when they see these mental breakdowns? Are they even helping? And, and that's that's the problem that I'm seeing. So, hey, guys, Hardball's not getting fired. OK, um, sorry to break it to you. It's not happening. Um, you know, that's not a conversation none of us are going to have until the end of the football season, but it is completely okay to call a spade a spade. And that's basically where I'm at with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Hey, look, Bengals next week on to Cincinnati, (laughs) like Bill Belichick would say, Hey, gotta move forward. Gotta watch the film, see what you did wrong, find a way to move forward. And, And that's really it. Um, we want to thank you guys for listening to the Winning Drive podcast. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday, and uh, we'll look forward to having more talks with you about the Ravens, and hopefully we can move forward from there. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. <laughs>